Thank you for calling the Dar Shackow Insurance Agency. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. If you are calling for trucking insurance or trucking COIs, please press 1. All other callers, please stay on the line and one of our representatives will be with you shortly. Thank you for calling. This is Karen. How may I direct your call? Hi, speak to John, please. Um, hold on a second. Can I say who's calling? Uh, yeah, it's Joey Jingola. Joey, what was the last name? Jingola. Can you spell that for me? Sure. G-I-A-N-G-O-L-A. All right. Can you hold for just a second? Thank you. Joey G. Mr. John Dar, how are we doing, sir? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. How's life down south? Well, do you really want to know? Uh, you can pretend to tell me what you want me to know. <laughs> it's uh, 75 degrees, sunny. Uh, you know, at night it gets a little cool. It gets down to like 62. The high today I think is going to be like 78. I know what you're talking about, John. I'm, I'm sitting here at a balmy 43 degrees. I'm feeling great. I, hey, I gave you a chance to to not have the weather conversation with a Florida guy. I gave you the I gave you the option, but you said nope. I want the punishment. I want to hear how beautiful it is down there. It, uh, it it builds character, John. I do honestly. I think people that live in cold weather cities have a little bit of a tougher character than those that don't. But I mean, oh, know. for sure. No, there's no question. I'm a fair weather person. So I just I gotta watch my back around you. That's all I'm saying. I just you know I just gotta. <laughs> Don't know what's gonna happen. That's right. I, I will. I will not be afraid to get the thermostat to where I want it to be for sure. I, I guess this is an interesting question. Are you a lifelong Floridian? I don't know this about you. Yeah, I was born and raised here in Gainesville. That's not bad. I mean, I, I can appreciate that. There's not much you can do about that. I didn't see snow until I was about twenty. How'd you handle it? <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not a snow fan. I'm not. I, I go snow skiing, and I, I don't complain because I'm not a complainer. But it, it, if it was like just up to me, I would not go snow skiing. But my wife and kids love was, snow skiing, so that makes. I was gonna say, how is that? How is that part of your life then? But now that makes yeah, sense. It, sense. Yeah, you, you ever heard of the happy wife, happy oh. life? That yes. I'm 21 years into a marriage that I've done pretty good at getting that right. So. Yes, yes, yes. There's many of things that, that, that happens where you're doing simply because others in the household enjoy. So I completely understand that. Um, yeah. So uh, so we we had the pleasure of actually, like you said, meeting at Elevate briefly. How's how's life been since uh, since coming back from Louisiana? Great. I really valued the uh, – I loved the story brand guy, Donald Miller. Yeah. Great. I mean, just knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. I, I really would love to see more of his stuff. Um, so I haven't actually sat down and seeked him out to try to engage a little bit, but I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed Billy uh, Williams. Yeah, Billy Williams. Billy Williams. Enjoyed his... I enjoyed his processes. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't fit for everyone. Sure. So 
it's but I really enjoyed the thirty thousand foot view of hey, here's how I do it. And if you just bake the cake this way, the the, the you know use my recipe, right. the cake will be a really great cake. Right. And I love that. I love that message. I love the and I love that part of it. The um, you know I thought New Orleans was great. The the I attended a I attended a few of the breakout sessions. You know my my problem was. And it's and it's my problem. It's nobody else's problem. Is I guess because of our size, sometimes some of the breakout sessions were were things that I dealt with in year ten of my career. Yeah. And and not necessarily aren't my issues today. So I had to sort of um, try to pick and choose the ones that I thought were the most uh, right. And, they, and you know, they, you had some great, you had some great people and, and um, well, you don't need to backpedal, John. We can take it from here. We can, we can say, all right, now what's John? Cause I got asked the question since you brought us here, John is what, what are your problems of today? You know, it's, I think my biggest problem right now is finding good insurance, good people. Hmm. I don't need more. I frankly don't need any more leads. And that's, and it's crazy because I don't, you know, I know that the most of the agencies out there are trying to get at bats. Yeah. They're trying to get at bats. I have, uh, 30, 3,200 home insurance policy customers that we don't write their auto. That's a lot. <laughs> That's my lowing. I just got to go back to them and, and, you know, market to them so that they think of us as their, as you know, and I bet, I bet half of those don't even know we sell auto insurance. Just, you know, wow. and that's my problem. My, if I was going to play devil's advocate with you, John, I would say my buddy Carlos Vargas might say, well, I don't want the auto. I just want, instead of 3,200 homes, I want 6,400 home clients. Yeah. Oh, no. I have a producer that she's like, look, I'm getting referral. I'm getting, you know, I've got five mortgage lenders that send me every single piece of business. I can't keep up with the home policies. And she has, you know, 2,000 homeowners policies and 400 auto policy, you know, or something like it. It's, it's the, the ratio is all out of whack because yeah. she really just focuses on the home. So I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I think it's, um, it's all my fault. No question. It's, it's my, I tell people it's my, my biggest regret. The, the, the one thing after 25 years in the business that I regret not getting right is when I missed, I didn't do a good job of keeping that information and going back and asking in six months or a year or 18 months or two years and asking because I put it in a drawer when I missed and it's not, I did a terrible job of that. And if I would have done a good job with that, I, you know, would be somewhere, John. I'd be on an island somewhere, Joey. Yes, I. You know, that's the one thing. So, 
it's you know I'm I'm it's my fault I I I've screwed that up but on the other hand we've done pretty good so it's you know it's not if that's my worst mistake then I'm okay from what little I know about you it doesn't sound like you you can be too mad at yourself for too long about it no um. <laughs> That's exactly. another story for another time, I guess. But uh, well, what's interesting? So let me—I I have to know then, since you're. What are you doing now? To are you trying to correct that now? What are you doing to kind of maybe um, make that happen? What are some of the things that you've kicked around? Yeah, so we're we are using software to clearly define the process of when we miss. Here's what happens. You know, we want them to stay in the washing machine and continue to drip on them and, and, you know, educate them on why they should do business with us. So we, we're, we hired a marketing person about six months ago who's solely focused on marketing and she is designing the process, the software, the data, so that if they call us and, and, you know, we get a shot at it, we, and we miss, we follow up in six months, we follow up, you know, cause insurance is out. It's something that they, they, they might, there's three reasons why people don't buy something. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let you in on a secret, Joey, that I don't, I don't tell everybody. Hold on. So right, I got the pen ready. <laughs> three reasons why people don't buy something. No money. In other words, if they don't have the money, you can be the greatest salesperson on the planet. Yep. They're not going to buy it. Okay. No need. If they don't need, if it's 75 degrees and, and you're selling winter coats for um, the cold, good luck. You're probably not going to sell that winter coat um, on a day that it's 75, 80 degrees. John's accepted, John. And the last one is not now. Yeah. So... The last reason they don't buy something is, yeah, I might need it and I might have the money, but I don't need it right now. So I'm going to buy it later. And that's where six months from now, 12 months from now, that trigger happens where the X date comes due and they need it again. And that's why we try to time it so that we're asking them at the right time so we can overcome the not now objection. So we put a plan and I, you know, yeah, I think agency revolution was at, uh, elevate, I think. Yeah, they were there. So we're working with those guys to, to get better at that and, and continue to improve on overcoming those objections. And, and so so what do you think, what do you think is going to do that? Are you going to like, do you want like, quotes like ready to roll just sent over the like, hey thought you might need this uh, at this time just because you know who knows you know have a good day I think it's a combination of a number of things we typically try not to just send out quotes my, my father uh, I'll tell you you'll learn a little bit more as we build our relationship but my father was was an agent and 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 retired in 16 years he okay. started in 19 he started in 1992 and he retired in 2008. He worked in the insurance business for 16 years. He hated computers. He despised, okay. he despised a quote. He didn't even want us to say the word quote. 
He said, quote, was a nasty word. All right. Uh, kind of like him. I'm not sure. I'm on the fence. I'm going to see where this goes, though. <laughs> so, basically, he sold on trust and the fact that he was, like as Don, Donald Miller said, he was the Mr. Miyagi. He knew what you needed. Yeah. He presented himself as, I'm the guy that knows what you need. I'm the guy that you trust. Here's what you need. It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter. I like it. So there were many times when I was brought up in the... <laughs> when I was a... I started from scratch. I started from zero clients and zero anything, really, because he started in 92 and he didn't have anything to give me. But um, many times he would meet with a client face-to-face in his office around a round table, and he would tell them, look, and now, this is, these are people that trusted him, that knew him, and he had asked many questions before we get to this point. So it's not, I don't want you to think that, oh, he just brought some random guy in and, you know, that, that wasn't the case. He asked them lots of questions. What are their net worth? What, you know, how many houses do they own? How many cars? How many, you know, he would ask them questions. But at the end, he would say, okay, here's what you need. Sign here. They didn't even have the price. He would never, he wouldn't give them a quote. We'd go straight to the application and they'd say, well, what am I getting? <laughs> and he'd say, uh, you're getting protection that you need because do you trust me? Yeah. Do you think I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, then what's the problem? <laughs> he says, I'm not selling you something that you don't need. I'm not selling you something that you can't afford. He says, I promise you, you can afford what I'm going to sell, what you're signing for. So it obviously worked so, if he retired in 16 years. 16 years. He sold so much damn insurance, he retired in 16 years. And he never wanted us to show a quote. He ne- I mean, he just very, he hated us. He's like, they don't even know what they're looking at. They have no idea. Most of the time they read through a quote and they don't even know what uninsured motorist is. So why show them that? So why and that? as Donald Miller is, is doing his thing up there at Elevate, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is exactly, you know, Mr. Miyagi didn't tell Daniel why he was supposed to do wax on and wax off. Yeah. He just told him wax on and wax off, paint the fence. He didn't explain it. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking, holy cow. Well, I got to ask, ask you, I got to ask you this now. What are your thoughts on, on that today? Being in the business, seeing what worked for him. Like, where do you sit on all of this now? hasn't changed a bit. It hasn't changed a bit. I think the only thing that's changed is the fact that technology and social media has allowed us to scale that message. You know, he had to go, my father had to go to the golf. My dad was a big golfer. He was a national champion golfer. One, you know, one, he was an amazing, he still is probably in the top 50 senior golfers in the country really that's but, crazy. yeah oh he's stupid good he's stupid good huh. um but the, he had to go build a relationship in in you know whether it be rotary or the golf course or whatever 
the hard way to get him in his office so that he could, you know, do his thing. With social media, we <laughs> we have the ability to get that message across at scale. Yeah. So I don't think we do, I think agents do a pitiful job Uh-oh. of getting that message out. I think there's great agents. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's some really great agents. But, and myself included, Joey, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I still work really hard to try to build that trust because that's where it starts. They don't trust you. I don't care. You can, you know, you can be the best brain surgeon in the world, but, but if you, if you're trying to convince somebody that you're the guy to do brain surgery and they don't trust you, it's not going to happen. So you got to build that trust. And then today I think technology and YouTube and Facebook and all of those things give agents the ability to do that at scale if they are intentional about the message that they put out there. Now I know why we get along so well, John. It makes sense now. Um, So (laughs) so let me ask you this. You said terrible agents are pitiful if i want to directly quote um at getting that message so do you think in this i because I, I, i'm 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 ready to agree with you we're just a little too loosey-goosey if you will i've never said that before with just that they they want to be this like their friend sort of thing like like you know like instead of being like their parent in this situation i don't know if that's a good analogy but they're just not like again like i listen i know what i'm talking about i don't care what you heard uh, you know on tv or whatever it is this is what it is this is what you need and, and there's and just kind of really standing tall on, on something when it comes to insurance? I think it's more about, I think it's, it's more about the <clears throat> building the perception that they do know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's you, agents need to build the perception of I'm the guy that you can trust to protect your biggest asset and the most dangerous thing you do every day. And maybe the asset that brings you your income. So your biggest assets, typically your house. I'm the guy that's going to protect your house from fire, wind, hurricane, whatever. That's the message they need. They need to stop giving the message of, Oh, we're cheap. Yeah. We're cheap. We give you we give you cheap stuff and and best price and best. Yeah. Well, you're gonna die by price. Doesn't doesn't work. So they've done a poor job of giving of building that perception that I'm the guy that you can trust. I'm the guy that knows how to protect you when you jump behind the wheel of the car, which is the most dangerous thing you will do all day. By far. There's not even a second place. You're right. Uh, Very true. Uh, So do you think we should be, so like, and that's why I I get kind of like sometimes offended, like when people would question my, it's like, dude, like, exactly. It's like, and, and I think common, like, 
It's like, oh, don't be upset. Like, oh, who, who's to say that you didn't know? I think mean, we, we've given, are you saying maybe we've given a little bit too much control is a strong word to, uh, to the consumer, but it's something along the lines of we need to be offended when like, listen, like we're, we're, we're doing this for a reason. Well, most of us, there are, there's a bad lot. I would say that maybe don't know what they're doing, but like, what is that? Is that what you're you do it? You're doing it because you care about people. Yeah. You, you, yes, you, you feel like, I, I feel like when they go buy insurance from Geico, I, I had a good friend of mine that, that <laughs> we work on group health cases together. He got in a group, he got in a, a car accident. He had Geico insurance and he has 100, 300 limits. Mm. Great. Awesome. Okay. So he tells me the other day, he says, John, I got this letter in the mail. I don't know what it means. I said, oh, what, what happened? Tell me, you know, number one, I'm sorry that you didn't feel like I was valuable enough to do business with me. That's my fault. That's on me. He, yeah. he, was, he was, I didn't do a good job giving him the perception that yeah. you need to do business with me because, but let's put that aside and say, okay, what's the letter say? Uh, it's a letter that says, a reservation of rights letter that says you might want to go get an attorney because mm. you heard somebody pretty good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he he didn't ask me about cheap then. He he didn't care that his Geico policy was so cheap then. Yeah. What drives me nuts too is the, the and again, I'm a, I am a I'm a health insurance guy, so I I get annoyed when somebody says, oh, they they got a hundred dollar increase for the year on like a homeowner's policy. It's just I don't have any tolerance for it. But just the even just to even be able to effectively communicate, like in the grand scheme of things, what that cheap is versus what your not cheap is it's not it's not huge in a lot of cases sure and you know the message that they when when we get that and we get that a lot i mean dear god we're in florida and rates are ridiculously high and people shop us all the time but what i try to tell my folks is look if they call up and they say hey i want you to shop my policies and we get a lot of those that's good in a way because they've been educated on the fact that we have more than one carrier. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of agents or a lot of consumers don't even understand the independent agent model that we represent a bunch of companies. They right. think, you know, that we just represent a lot of people will say, Oh, who do you have insurance with? They'll say, Oh, I have insurance with Darshak Al insurance. Right. Well, nah, not so much, but you know, I, I, that's what they think. That's what they're, what they perceive. So, you know, the message or the the message needs to be, hey, we're an independent agent. You don't need to worry about paying too much because we're going to take care of you. We're going to get you the best product, price, service that we can get you so you don't ever need to worry about it being out of line. That's the message that we should send. I mean, that gives them peace of mind. They don't know what they're buying. They just want to know that somebody's looking out for them. Somebody's shopping them when they need to be shopped. Somebody's calling them when they need, you know, when they call in and they have a question. Somebody's calling them back. They want to make sure that they're getting the best deal that they can get. And we have the opportunity to do that. Geico doesn't. Progressive Direct doesn't. Uh, State Farm doesn't. 
Uh, Allstate doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It's that's, and we've, I think we, we as an independent agency force have, have done a terrible job because Geico has spent a billion dollars a year telling us that we need to be concerned with cheap. We need to be concerned with saving money. You know, it's, it's Donald Miller's example. The guide or Geico has said, hey, you need to save money. That's your number one goal. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we walk like zombies to, you know, our guides have told us that we need to save money. <sighs> okay, we lose. You know, the independent agent's done a terrible job creating that perception of, no, it's not a, it's, yes, it's about saving money. Yes, we're going to get you a competitive product or price on the product that you need, but it's not about being cheap. It's about trust and so, advice. Well, yeah, so, all right, I, I want to go in two different directions because you got my head spinning a little bit. I, I, I got to see where, we, where we're, we're going to fall on this, John. Now, with the... With, I think, in my, my opinion, I think we're kind of moving into that space where consumers are becoming a little more educated on the fact that they, they at least if they've worked with an independent agent before, they know we can, can shop it, or at least they expect like to have all options available. But at some point, we're, we're running into this kind of access point, and I'm curious how you've handled it, to where you maybe don't have all of the best options, like you might have five or six of like 10 uh, do you cons- uh-huh. do you consider that to be a problem? Should you have all ten, or do you think you can be just fine with the five or six that you have, and and and, and there might be somebody that is a little bit better, a little bit cheaper, but at the end of the day, it's not going to matter to the bottom line of your agency. I'm yes, I, absolutely. Here's my answer. It's simple. I'm the difference maker. The agent is the difference maker. Period. State Farm doesn't have me as your agent and State Farm's agent doesn't care as much as I care. My father used to sit there and say, one of the first things he would say to somebody that was a prospect, hey, when's the last time you heard from your agent? And they'd go, ah, I don't I never hear from that guy. That guy never calls me. Really? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to call you every year or I'm going to call you every two years or whatever whatever the message is, the difference is the agent. They don't have the, the, and if they trust you and if you've done a good job of creating that perception of I'm the guide, doesn't matter if somebody else is cheaper. Trust me, Joey, we've had, I had a guy call me that, that I've been his agent for 20 years. His, his a furniture store here in town. We have him with, Auto owners on his commercial auto, and it was, oh, I think it was six, 1500 a truck. And he called me up and he says, John, State Farm's going to charge me $800 a truck. Nice. And I said, Leonard, <laughs> I totally understand. If you feel the value of going to State Farm and paying half, is worth losing me as an agent, I get it. That's my fault, not your fault. I haven't created enough value for you as a client and I understand. (laughs) You think I kept it or no? I think you kept it, John. I did, it was close. (laughs) 
it was close. But and I wouldn't keep all those, and we don't keep all those. And there are definitely certain situations where the guy, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to stay with us. I can't provide that much value. Well, so, well yeah, we, uh, that's other, that's another good question. That that value, it's getting harder and harder to provide that value with the way the industry is currently constructed. Um, so let me ask this question because I think we're going to bring it all home here. Um, there's there's the value, and then there's the perceived value which aren't always the same thing and might be worth different to, differently to other people. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you got agents that are saying, I'm going to bring you value. And then they still don't call them for three years, right? Or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know? Sure, And sure. there's this kind of story, this fantasy that we like to tell or perpetuate around the industry. And you'd said you did a terrible job of scaling that message, right? Of, of utilizing the tools that we now have available. Like what, like where are we at? And we, we briefly got to this at Elevate and I'm fascinated. I kind of hear your thoughts. Like where, where do you need to go? Where do you need to be? What do you think is possible with your ability to communicate that message and, and get it kind of resonating on a, on a bigger scale? You listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, don't you? I do. What does he say? Uh, well, he says a lot of things, John. You're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> he says, post as much as you can and create as much value as you can sure. and be yourself. Okay. Don't be Gary Vaynerchuk. Don't be Tony Robbins. Don't be any of those guys. Be yourself let people see who you are and how you do things. And at our core as an agency or me, I try to let people know that I truly care about them as people. I am absolutely will do anything I can do to help most people. And I think that's how you scale it. You, you have to use YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and as much of that as you can possibly use. You know, Vaynerchuk says, oh, I post 85 times a day, but I'd rather, I'd like to be posting, what, 200 or something. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah, he, how you- Yeah, he, he said at Agent 2021, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at whatever the number is, 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 times a day. He's like, I'm, I'm talking about a world where I'm at 500 you know, tweets yeah. or whatever it is. I'm like, wow, that's insane. And I, yeah. I, 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 I have mixed feelings of that. And it's interesting that that's kind of, you know, where you went because, you know, any, somebody listening to this right now might say, boy, John, everything I heard would make me think that that would never come out of your mouth. And like, you know, it would be run in direct contrast to everything you just said. What do you mean? I mean, you lost me. Uh, like somebody like as progressive minded as Gary V, like people like scoff at just the volume and just the frequency and just the amount of kind of information because it, uh, uh, you know, like somebody like your dad might say, Oh, that's nonsense. But I mean, I, as far as putting that out there, it's just a matter of focusing on the right value, I guess, versus the wrong and, 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 and being able to have that stockpile. So when somebody, again, this has always been my thing. They, they've had the ability to, again, fill that bucket of value themselves, like go to the go to the little fountain drink machine themselves, fill it up as, as high as they want, get as many refills, and then come and talk to you. And that's what I think people miss in this whole equation. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, back back when he was doing it, he, he had the phone, 
there, there was there's only a couple ways people walked into our shop the phone and they physically walked in the front door and or he went out and grabbed him by the arm yeah. i think with with us we we have the ability to reach so many more people and get that message out you know that he he says my dad says all the time he's like yeah you have you you're the opportunities you have are stupid time like like way more than i had you know so i i i don't know if that answers your question or gives you kind of an insight of where i think but i that's that's the opportunity i guess in in front of us if we just use the tool they're the tools that are there and get the right message out i think people will understand it and you know, and like, again, going back to Donald Miller, it has to be clear. You know, what's what's Chick-fil-A's message? Eat more chicken. Well, that's pretty clear. 